Hello and welcome to the Interception Podcast. It's the podcast. We listen to all the other podcasts. We listen to The Athletic. We surf Reddit. We go on the internet sometimes for other reasons, but mainly it's football related. We watch football games. We listen to football radio. We live, breathe, eat football. That's right, everyone. We just watched the Thursday night football game. It was good. We bring those news notes, tidbits that fall through the cracks on other other podcasts. We bring them to the forefront so you can win your fantasy football season. If you've been listening to our uh, our podcast so far this season, you're probably winning it all. Uh, But others aren't listening. They're not doing as well. Derek, how are you doing on this fine Thursday evening? (laughs) I'm doing great, Dan. I'm so glad that you crushed that first opening and then I made you do it again. And I don't think you crushed that last one. (laughs) (laughs) did not. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, anyways, it is what it is, uh, and here we are. So, Derek, we just watched the Thursday night game, and what did you think of it? <laughs> well, Dan, uh, so like I was saying before, uh, so I was, uh, I started uh, MSV, or MVS, and uh, he ended up not really scoring any fantasy points. He only got eight yards for me, and it was very depressing, and... When I did some more reflection after the game, I realized, like, that was a pretty solid game. You know, like, uh, the Seahawks uh, charged back and then did a late lead change at the end of the game to, to and then to win the game and then ran it out. And uh, as a football game, it was really solid. And I feel that sometimes fantasy gets in the way of enjoying, like, real football. And, like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not quitting fantasy today by, you know, by any means. But I just found it really interesting and... Uh, you know, how fantasy has kind of changed the way uh, that I watched the game. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I do get it. Uh, maybe we should just get more into gambling. What do you think of that? Instead of just fantasy, we just gamble on all the games all the time. <laughs> well, you know, that gets in the way, too. So I did have some bets on that game, Dan. Uh, one was uh, Doug Baldwin under 4.5 receptions, which I lost like after the first half. That was really disappointing. Right, yeah, that um, was a bad decision. But I did, I did make two other good bets. Uh, I teased, or like I, uh, I ended up changing the line for Green Bay to make them uh, plus four point five, and so th- I won that one. And uh, I also had Aaron Jones under fifteen point five uh, carries, and I won that one too. So you know, won a little bit of money, and uh, you know, it felt good. But then at that time, at that point, it's kind of like fantasy because I'm betting. Uh, basically stats and projections i'm still sort of like cheering for a specific players and and hoping that happens as well as the outcome you know right i, I forgot to ask you during that self-reflection where were your pants doesn't really it doesn't really hit uh like the first time we actually uh we 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 did the podcast and we did the opening and then uh we lost connection so we had to restart um we had a long conversation about where Derek's pants were during the game uh it was deep it was a deep conversation uh anyways let's just talk about the game real quick uh it was actually quite the quite an entertaining game uh a lot of lead changes um and a couple big plays there was one play with Aaron Rodgers throwing to um some nobody tight end I can't remember his name right now but it was his first uh touchdown and first catch I think uh where uh, Rodgers just kind of got open and then it just felt like he slung the ball 52 yards uh and they got a a touchdown on it it was really impressive to see and it just lets you know that Aaron Rodgers still can lose that long ball uh through the air 52 yards is pretty impressive in my opinion um and then there was a couple other big other plays I think uh there was a nice play with uh with Russell Wilson throwing to Tyler Lockett uh, for 32 yards. They were, they were talking like maybe it wasn't a, an actual completed pass, but no one challenged it. And I, it looked like a good catch to me. He, he reached out, pulled it in, uh, and, and then held on to it through the roll. Um, but Aaron Jones looked really impressive here. I, I think anyone who, who drafted Aaron Jones and was able to sit on him, it, it is kind of d- disappointing. If you did do that with Aaron Jones and you, you were able to hang on to him, like how long you had to to hang on to him to get to this point. And I think there are probably some teams who may have drafted him and have regrets about how long they waited because I, I think, Derek, me and you talked about this maybe around week three or four with, with guys like um, – uh, Mark Ingram and Julian Edelman, guys who you you drafted, and now you're just putting them on your bench and you can't really start them. Uh, but you're waiting for that payoff later, and it's how that 
kind of that balance works where it could have easily been a situation where you you're completely out of it right now uh or you now have this diamond in the rough that you can start playing um maybe it's a little too little too late for a guy to be going off week 10 right yeah um that's something i really learned uh, this year is how important early wins are um both uh, you know to just like winning's good and you know getting you know wins are gonna get you into the playoffs but also your psyche um when you're playing fantasy football, like if you're if you go down quickly, you sort of have to change the way you play the game, and you might make more drastic moves. I know somebody in our league uh, he he was doing poorly early on, and he ended up trading uh, Devonte Adams. Now he did trade him for Fournette, and maybe right now it might finally be paying off. But my thoughts on that is just like you get so panicked when you're losing, you, you might not be able to think clearly or play the way you should. Whereas in my, in my other league. In one league where I started winning a lot of games early, um, I'm in a position where I feel so comfortable that I can kind of make strategic moves for the playoffs. Where like a lot of teams, like if they're desperately trying to scratch their way in, they're going to have to be more focused on a game per game basis. So um, I I do feel that like going forward, I'm going to st- stay away from the the players that are having those like unless there's a lot of value there, but like that have those early games off or might take a while to kick in because those early wins are very important to like sort of how you play the game. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about the playoffs. Let's let, this is week uh, 11. You guys, you have you either think you're, you're either in right now at this point or uh, you're on the cusp. You, you know kind of how the season's going to go. Uh, and, and hopefully you're not fighting for uh, that last playoff spot, but maybe you are. But it's still worth it to look ahead uh, for those positions that are streaming positions. And maybe you could fill your bench with those spots. This time of the season, guys on your bench should either be handcuffs or or guys that you're going to use or defenses, tight ends, or whatnot you're going to use in um, the playoffs because you're not going to be trading anyone. There's no need really to have too much depth at this point. You're you're kind of banking really that there's going to be uh, no injuries, and if there is, then you hopefully you have the handcuff. Um, I've been looking ahead at defenses that look really good for the fantasy playoffs, and I've been trying to reach out, like go and go and get those guys. Um, you could maybe try to be the guy who does it a little bit ahead of other people. Um, the defense, I think, to own right now for Week 16, the championship. Derek, go ahead and tell him. I, I know you know who it is. Oh, I, I think it's the New England Patriots. Uh, You're absolutely pl- right. It's the New England Patriots. They're playing the Buffalo Bills Week 16. That at is home. the team that you want to have. They're at home. They're going to be a home favorite against probably the worst offense in, in the history of football. It's the New England Patriots. If you have the New England Patriots, uh, if you can get the New England Patriots, sit them on your bench. They don't even have. To, you don't have to play them up into the up into the playoffs. That matchup alone is worth keeping them and stashing them for Week 16. Well, not to mention they actually play like the Jets next week, and I think they have the Bills. Oh no, I guess they already played the Bills, but they have like the Dolphins as well. The yeah. So yeah, um, they're, yeah, they're team not that a I was bad at, to have. Actually, have a pretty good defense uh, going into uh, that Week 16 matchup. Is the right now the highest uh, scoring defense? The Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans have really great matchups from Week uh, 12 to Week 15. Um, uh, like you line them up, like play them each week. I, I kind of have a feeling that that defense is um, is pretty strong. Um, they haven't had like huge fantasy outings, but I think against the matchups they have going forward, uh, they wouldn't be a bad pickup either. And then another uh, week 16 defense that I thought wouldn't be too bad, and it's just mainly based on the play they're doing right now, is the Dallas uh, Cowboys. Dallas is playing Tampa Bay in week uh, 16. Uh, Tampa Bay has been big for putting up a lot of picks. Uh, now, you're basically banking on they're not going to have a 400-yard game. It would be more like the Washington game. But uh, interceptions could be there. Sacks can be there. Um, and they don't really have a good defense either. So I think that could be a, 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 a lower-scoring game. Um, have you been looking ahead at all, Derek? I, I've been obsessing about Week 15. Uh, since three weeks ago, I've, I've realized, like, you know, there's still a scenario where I, I, I don't get a first-round buy. But for the most chance, like the, the the stats are showing that I'm going to get a first round buy. So week 15 is where all my focus is right now. So like, is this player going to help me week 15? Is every is all I've been thinking every time I look at the waiver wire. So I've been like scouring the defenses for week 15, and I finally settled on one. I settled on the Houston Texans. Uh, now they are on the road, but they're playing the Jets, a Jets team that's really seeming to be falling apart right now. Um, Sam Darnold. You know, if he's the QB, is uh, due to throw 
um, like a pick a game, basically. He's getting sacked a lot, and so that's who I went with. But there were a couple of other defenses that uh, stood out, and uh, maybe, Dan, you, you might think that they're, they're a better decision. I don't know. Um, we got Cincinnati at home against Oakland. Now, Oakland looks like a dump, dumpster fire as well, but I felt like Cincinnati's defense isn't that great, so there is a scenario where maybe Oakland can move the ball a little bit. And uh, I looked at Seattle at San Francisco, but then Nick Mullins kind of pulled me off of that because Mullins is able to move that offense to a, enough uh, to like make Kyle Shanahan happy. So there was a scenario where at home against Seattle that maybe that could be a problem. And uh, I know there was one more that I was looking at. Oh, everybody's talking about Detroit at Buffalo um, because Buffalo is the number one team uh, giving points to – sorry – Baltimore, sorry, Buffalo is the number one team giving fantasy points to their their opponents, but Detroit's not that great either. You know what I mean? And like, can't you see another like jet scenario where maybe Buffalo like smacks down Detroit? So, um, yet again, just to reiterate, I stuck with the Houston Texans against the Jets just because I think their defense is going to get even better, like with JJ Watt getting stronger and uh, Clowney getting a little more healed up as well. Yeah, Texans are strong. Uh... Defense that week for sure. <clears throat> the problem is I don't think the Texans will be out there. They might have been out there on uh, Tuesday because of uh, them being on bye last week. But I think it's very unlikely that they'll be uh, a team that's just floating around. Uh, they, do, they don't have a great matchup this week, so maybe. Um, I also was looking – like I, I think I brought up the Titans already. I think the Titans against the Giants is actually not a bad game. I know the Giants have been playing uh, semi-good, but I, I, I kind of like this Titans defense. And I think um, them against the Giants, I think they'll get some pressure and they'll get uh, they'll get some sacks. So that's kind of what I think is going to happen that week. And like I said, they have a good matchup for the next few weeks. So um, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I actually used a waiver on them this past week um, just based on that. I thought it was a, a decent matchup. But listen to what they have week uh, week 14. So sorry, week 13, they play the Jets. So that's easy points. Um, then they play Jacksonville, who has no offense uh, or defense for that matter. Then the Giants, then Washington Redskins, uh, and then uh, week, I guess, 16, the Colts. No, no, that's yeah, week 17. Bad. So week 16 is against Washington. So I don't know, not a bad matchup there in, in, by any means. Uh, and I think that the, they might be a team that you could probably go out even later this week and grab the Titans and, and feel comfortable with. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's a pretty solid pickup. Their defense has been one of the best in the league, so just having them against even an average team would probably be a good uh, position to be in. And so, yeah, no, that's solid. I, I forgot to mention, Week 15, one last team was uh, Ravens at home against Tampa Bay. You were mentioning that a lot of turnovers in Tampa Bay were going on. The only reason I steered away from that is just because Tampa Bay is so hot and cold, you know? If it ended up being one of yeah. those hot Tampa Bay games, then you'd be fucked. Definitely. that That is the, like, the... The scare, I guess, against playing a team against the Buccaneers. Like, what if Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick is is magic that day? You know, you never know. So it's tough, tough to definitely see what's going to happen there. Um, yeah, that's all I really got as far as uh, looking forward. I, I, unless you can think of some other things that you can maybe stream. Do you have any uh, QBs that you think are, are going to be hot going down the stretch? Oh, my boy, Dak Prescott. <laughs> um, oh, Dak out- Prescott. Yeah, we pointed out before, uh, he just schedule just opens up. He's he's been showing a lot more over the last couple of weeks. Now I obviously he kind well, he kinda laid an egg against Tennessee, but you know, as you're saying just earlier, Tennessee's been a really solid defense. But week sixteen's the juicy one. Uh they're going against the horrible uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are giving up a lot of fancy points to QBs. That's Dallas at home and possibly playing for a playoff spot, so Week 16, I, I really feel like he's a league winner um, to the point where like earlier on in the season, I was actually holding him on my bench doing that eyeballing for the end of the season. I just I start realizing, though, it's like bad juju to have like players on your bench that you're aiming purely just for the championship. Like, I feel like you like <laughs> I feel like you have to like, wait, you know, if I if I'm playing week 15, I got to focus on week 15, number one. You know what I mean? And it's pretty cocky if I get fucked over get kicked out of the, you know, like out of the playoffs. And then I have all these great week 16 guys on my bench. And I'm like, well, I should have worked a little harder for week 15. Good call. So you're saying look ahead, but don't look, don't go look too far ahead. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, that was pretty like, deep. That was pretty deep. I, well, I know we're yeah, exactly. I know we're talking about <laughs> looking ahead. I just mean though, like like this week, right? Like, uh, so I have the Patriots on my on my bench. Like, I should be okay, but I'm just saying, like, don't screw yourself over by holding a def, you know, before you actually get to the playoffs. You know, like holding these all these playoff defenses, and then you miss the playoffs completely. You're going to be in a bad okay. spot. I'm going to be honest with you. Let's let's just open up a bit. So uh, up until about an hour ago in the in the group chat that we have, uh, when you said, I'm not going to do that, drop the, the New England Patriots, that was the moment that I knew that you knew that they played the Bills week 16 and that I was able – that I could bring it up during the podcast because uh, there was no way you were going to drop them. But <laughs> at the beginning of this week, I said, Derek's fucked. He has to drop the Patriots. I'm going to get them, uh, and I I was I was uh, I'm 100 percent if you drop them using a waiver for them uh, no matter what. So uh, I just wanted you to know that that's what I've been sniping uh, all week. And it wasn't until you said in the group chat that you were not going to drop them that I realized that oh fuck he knows what he's got. Oh yeah, no, I definitely know what I got. That's why I got them a long time ago, and yeah, that's why they've been on my bench. Dan, I've been eyeballing week fifteen and sixteen so long that you were talking about me being all down about these losses. I'm just laughing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, Dan, I basically got a first round by. There's there's one scenario where Jen and the fans don't need to know this, but Jen wins out and I lose out, and then I miss it. You know, and then even then it has to be like a tiebreaker. I'm pretty sure. Um, Dude, on there's high no score, star which... next to your name, man. There's no star next to your name. There's a mathematic equation that you don't make the playoffs at all. No, there's there is absolutely no mathematical equation where I don't make the playoffs at all. Where's the star, man? Where's the star? I don't know. Are you clicking on the web? Are you going to the web page? Uh, I'm not going to the web page. <laughs> does it have a star? I'm 100. I'm 100 in the playoffs, Dan. There's, without a doubt, eight wins does it every single year. Hold on, everyone! Everyone, hold on, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you tell me how it goes. I'm, you figure that out because I Yahoo. I hate going to Yahoo on my browser; it just fucks everything up. Um, okay, I, uh, let's let do shot of the week. Uh, can you throw to it? Oh yeah, yeah, let's do it. It's a shot of the week. Shot of the week. Shot of the week. Shout out to the week, everyone. I'm just going to do a shout out to some sweet, sweet tequila. Uh, since my teams are shit this year, I am just drinking Kirkland's till the Kirkland's is gone. So, Kirkland's tequila, the sweet, cheap drink you'd like neat. Boom. Crush that, man. I'm getting really good with these slogans. <laughs> Woo! That was delicious. There's no star. No star! Oh, you're, you're already there? I was going there, too, just to make sure. How is there no star? Mathematically, I'm in there. Derek, there's, there's an equation that you do not make the playoffs. I'm just saying it. There is absolutely there's, no No, equation. listen. Look at look at. So there's there's seven people. Uh, there's from four to seven are all five and five. There's only uh, four games left or three games left. So you could get back down to five losses. And your points total is all in the same range as them. You could definitely not make the playoffs. <laughs> Dan, if you lose on. out, you lose out, and they all win. Who are they playing, though? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. There's no way. There's Derek, there's no star, no man. There's no star. Until oh, there's a man, star, that you would should be not be so cocky. That would be so great if I didn't. I kind of want that to happen. Just so... <laughs> <laughs> just so I can be crying about it because there's no fucking way, Dan. There's no fucking way. All right, all right. Um, we got off, we got off the rails. We got off the rails. Go ahead. Oh man, where is the off the rails one? Oh, that God. doesn't matter. <laughs> the, the listeners know that we're off the rails. It's fine. Wow, that sounded violent. <laughs> Man, Dan, if I don't make, I didn't even think about the scenario of me not making the plans. The thing I know, is, Derek. I used this other I looked app. at it earlier today when I didn't see the star. I was like, "Man, he's getting very cocky." Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, I just say you may have pissed off the the fantasy gods with all your cockiness and picking up the the Patriots six weeks ago. Like, come on! <laughs> um, you might be right. You might be right. I might be fucked. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, let's talk uh, fantasy football uh, going forward. We're just going to go through the week uh, 11 slate of games. Uh, there is quite a bit of teams on by this week, so it should be quite quick for us to go through. Um, and you're probably hurting in your fantasy leagues because of a lot of uh, big-name players are out. Uh, the Patriots are on by, uh, the Browns are on by, and a few other teams I can't think of right now. So uh, hopefully you plan for this week. This is one of the, the bye week hells. And uh, you can get through it after this week. No more bye weeks, and uh, it's just easy sailing till the end. So, uh, Derek, top game, Bengals and Ravens. What are you thinking? This one's a weird one, right? Because we don't even know who's going to play quarterback for the Ravens. You're right. It does sound like, and this sounds crazy to me, that it's going to be RG3, which is insane, right? There's, there's no way RG3 finishes that game as the quarterback. Is that... Not what you think? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he's going to start too, and, and I think he's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, like I have Lamar Jackson stashed, and I think everybody should have them him stashed. Um, just going on a little tangent about him. Uh, I was listening to Evan Silva, and he was trying to conservatively, uh, uh, like project some points for Lamar Jackson. So, say Lamar Jackson starts a game, Dan. Let's give him 160 passing yards, right? Let's give yeah. him one touchdown. All right? So that's uh, – how, how many points is that? That's like 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So 10 points there. But then let's give him 60 rushing yards. So that's 16 points. And then let's give him half a rushing touchdown. So that's like 3 points. That's already 18 points. And that's like a really mediocre game. Like, like he, he, that's, that's not even like with him like getting like a – 200 yards passing or like doing like a possible 100 yards rushing which is like definitely on the table with this guy you know and then that's not even giving him the full rushing touchdown where he could be getting multiple rushing touchdowns a game so there's such a high ceiling for Lamar Jackson that even if he doesn't play this week it's really smart to hold on to him because uh when the Ravens like get if the Ravens I should say get booted out of the playoff picture um they're going to be playing him just to give him that uh, game time experience. And like, that's right around like when the like playoffs are here. And so I guess he's another guy that you would want to stash for the fantasy playoffs, just because that ceiling is so high and his floor would be so high too, with all that rushing yards. Yeah, for sure. Um, listening to the Around the NFL podcast, um, Chris Wessling was actually um, downplaying Lamar Jackson, saying that uh, RG3 was actually the better quarterback in uh, the preseason. Now, I know fantasy-wise, Lamar Jackson was the best quarterback in the preseason, but he said as a game manager and uh, as a guy running the Baltimore offense, RG3 was the better quarterback. And that's why he believes that uh, RG3 will be the quarterback that starts for them and, and plays for them. But you're right, down the road beyond this week, uh, for sure. Once they're out of the playoffs, they have nothing to lose, and they might as well give them that game experience uh, to build them up for next year. Because it's obvious that they want him to be the quarterback of the future, right? And it'd be nice to see what you have there, too. Um, but the big thing that they're saying is that they don't think that he's ready to run that offense and, and run an NFL offense, and that'd be his biggest holdback. Um, one thing that uh, came up on the uh, uh, not around the NFL the late round podcast was uh, they talked about Alex Collins being a buy and I thought it was kind of strange to hear but he was saying uh, basically with Lamar Jackson so if Jackson does play it actually should open up the the windows or the the, the rows the, the holes for Alex Collins and he thinks that if it stays as it is with uh, Joe Flacco uh, forget Alex Collins he, he's a buy uh, or, or a hold or however you want to do uh, sorry a sell or a hold but if with Lamar Jackson Alex Collins is actually someone that you want to probably try to get go out and get because there's a lot more potential there uh, with a running quarterback uh, opening up some lanes I do want to point out that early on in the season um, I think before the season started I said that exact same thing about how Collins um, might not be a great pickup early on, but if Lamar Jackson goes in halfway through the season, Collins is a huge add. It's just too bad that the uh, trade deadline's done in, in a lot of leagues because, yeah, it would be the perfect time to sort of swoop in and uh, trade for him. Are you saying we got one right, Derek? You're saying we got one right? Damn, we've, damn we got one right. <laughs> got one right, everyone. Actually, you Woo! know what? We got one right, so this is what I'm going to play. You want to Oh, I was hoping it was the one that I talked in. Amazing still. I, 
I deleted that one quickly, I think. I don't even think that's in here. <laughs> no problem. Okay. Uh, they're playing the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals, there's some twists that came up uh, just today. Um, Joe Mixon wasn't on the field. He's got a knee injury that came up. They, they may have re-aggravated the knee injury he had early in the season. Uh, so Gio Bernard, if you can go get him, go grab him. Uh, he was sitting on the uh, on the waiver wire in two of my leagues. Um, I think worth he's worth grabbing at least. He's probably the most um, probably the one handcuff that we have the most tape on that you know he's just a plug and play uh, if Joe Mixon's out. Um, I am worried about the Bengals though in general. I think that team needs they need to have AJ Green back for them to actually be able to move the ball. Uh, last week did not look good against the Saints, so um, there is still a lot to to want here uh, for the Bengals, but. Um, either way, I still think Gio's a good pickup if Joe Mixon's out. Yeah, actually, I did want to mention also uh, John Brown. So I have him on my team, so I've been focusing a lot on him. Um, John Brown owners actually probably are begging uh, for two scenarios. First, Joe Flacco to play or eventually get healthy and play because uh, I think he has more upside with Flacco as the QB. And then also probably they should be hoping for RG3 to be playing instead of Lamar Jackson because RG3 has actually had a really good uh, deep ball game in the uh, preseason, and that would show a lot of promise in that situation as well. Uh, if Lamar Jackson ends up playing, uh, John Brown might be a scary uh, proposition. And I'd actually like my boy, crap, 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 tree season with Lamar <laughs> Jackson just because he's more of a procession uh, receiver and uh, he'd be great in the red <laughs> I think zone. We- I think we have to just admit that it it's not his season this season, right? Whoa, 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 slow down. Slow down. This okay. is right in the sweet spot for Crabtree. Let's not totally <laughs> bail on Crabtree just around. yet because his his the schedule gets very sweet going forward. All right. Well, there you go, guys. Listen, listen pay attention to that because Crabtree's still probably out there. Uh, unfortunately, your trade deadlines are gone, but maybe someone's dropped him. You never know. Uh, also in the Bengals, uh, CJ Uzama is running a lot of routes, so he might be decent. Uh, I do think the Ravens defense will show up here. Um, they had two bad outings before their bye, so um, hopefully they turn things around. They've had extra time to plan for the Bengals, so uh, could be a decent game for them. Uh, let's move on to the Cowboys Falcons. All right, so this is a this is the Dak Prescott game, right? We were just talking about him earlier. Uh, I think uh, the Falcons. Actually, they might now be the current number one team to give fancy points to QBs. So um, I think only two QBs haven't gotten tw- at least 20 points against them. And uh, with Dak just playing so well. And and actually, I think the Falcons are also giving up r- a lot of uh, rushing yards, like the highest amount of rushing yards to QBs as well. So this is a huge game for Dak Prescott. Um, I actually project him as like a top 10 QB this week. Yeah, I, I, I can't argue that. I think... Um... I think Falcons are going to try to right their ship a little bit here. Um, last week, not to say they did, they played poorly uh, on offense last week, but they couldn't stop anything on defense, so uh, Cowboys could put some points on the boards. I just don't know if the Cowboys will be able to keep up with them, but I don't think the Browns would be able to keep up with them either, and they, and they definitely showed they could. There was that one uh, really huge play with Nick Chubb, so I think Ezekiel Elliott could be a, like a massive play in this game. Um, I would actually, if you could bet on uh, Elliott, going ham um like if, if that's an option on the, your betting site i would bet on him going ham yeah I, I think i agree with that one um i actually i should see what kind of yards he's given out to be honest maybe we'll take a look maybe that'll be a better the week let's tease it for later <laughs> um also the falcons it seems like julio jones maybe got out of his touchdown funk Derek, I'm calling it right now. I think he's got another touchdown coming. And you know who else has got a touchdown coming? My boy, Austin Hooper. Derek, Austin Hooper is having a sneaky, amazing season for tight ends. Uh, a lot of people uh, might not be on the radar, but Austin fucking Hooper. I was saying it since day one, <laughs> and I don't remember or not if I had him in my, uh, my hot, hot pocket takes or not. Because uh, I might not have, because last year I had him in my hot pocket eight takes, and I didn't want to uh, get me so far off two years in a row. But Austin Hooper, he's been my boy from the beginning. Hoopa! Uh, uh, I, I think he's having a sneaky great season, and I think he's still a pretty decent play. It's uh, it's definitely a guy that um, Matt Ryan likes to throw to, and he gets open uh, in the middle, uh, and he, he gets touchdowns too. I, I like him a lot. Yeah, actually, right now, Dan, if you wanted to, anytime touchdown score, Austin Hooper paying out three point one to one. So you could uh, you could triple your money there, Dan. Triple your. Just wait, I got it here. Cool. 
wait a second. Are you saying to me, are you telling me that if I just think that my boy, Austin Hooper, is going to score a touchdown this week, I can triple my cool grand into three cool grands? <laughs> three? Oh, come on. <laughs> my app's been it, It's real. Cool grand. Uh, very cool. I do think Austin Hooper has a pretty good game here. Uh, and maybe Coleman does decent too. Uh, but I think those are your main guys. Uh, and then on the Cowboys, I've been liking this Cooper play. I I still don't think he's like a, a showstopper. But it, I am interested in that they are going to th- throwing the ball to him quite often. Uh, and and he's at least an interesting play. Maybe not someone that I'm starting every single week. But I'm definitely starting him. Um, you got any other comments here? Um... Yeah, no, no, I don't. Okay, perfect. Buccaneers, New York Giants. Yeah, this one's a weird one. Who do you think is going to win this one, man? Um, the Buccaneers. I just yeah, don't I like the, the Giants, Buccaneers though. Too. The Giants could win. The Giants won on Monday night against uh, the 49ers, and I thought the 49ers deserved to win that game, so... The Bucs yeah, like to lose that... games. They, shouldn't have, they should not have lost to Washington last week. You know what? I'm saying the Giants. I just changed my mind. The Giants are going to win this game. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Giants are bounce, bouncing back a little bit. And uh, I did want to point out, Dan, because I, you know, I know I rubbed this in a lot, but it's been a while since I've rubbed it in. Uh, OBJ <laughs> and Marlon Mack. How's that trade looking? So listen, one bad week isn't enough to uh, completely say it's a shitty trade. Uh, there was one week. There's been. There's been. <laughs> There's been three weeks since I made that trade, Derek. So let's just let's just rewind it here. They both had a bye week. Uh, Marlon Mack got two touchdowns and 100 yards uh, in a game, uh, completely abolishing OBJ. And then this past week, for whatever reason, Eric Ebron decided to get a rushing touchdown and then two other touchdowns <laughs> early in the game, and Marlon Mack wasn't as big of an, as a factor. Uh, I blame that game completely on the fact on Eric Ebron. It was a weird game. That's why Marlon Mack was down. He would do better. Uh, having said all that, if I would have kept OBJ and not traded him for Marlon Mack last week, I would have not been loser of the week uh, in our league. I would have played Duke Johnson and I would add OBJ. I would have finished with 110 points instead of 77. So small, small, small victories and losses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, I won't rub it in too much. Um yeah, so like obviously OBJ, I guess Sterling Shepard's a big play here. Tampa Bay gives up uh, the most to the slot receivers. And so Sterling Shepard plays, I think, 52% of his uh, snaps in the slot. And uh, that did – yeah, okay, no. And so uh, I think he, he's a really solid play this week as well. At least I hope he is. I do have him in one league. For sure. And then the Bucks. I still think Fitzmagic is uh, decent. Um, you know what got brought up on the Lombardi podcast? He talked about the, the reason why we're not seeing um, Jameis Winston playing right now is because of the $28 million he's got guaranteed next year that if he got hurt and he was out, they'd still have to pay him $28 million. So um, he, he's claiming that the head office is the real reason why Jameis Winston's not playing and we're seeing Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, and, and it's literally because um, they, they're going to bring in a new coaching staff at the end of the year. Everyone's going to be gone. I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, and they want to make sure that they'll let the new coaching staff decide what they want to do with James Winston. Uh, maybe he's the guy of the future, or maybe they try to trade him for some, uh, for some draft capital and um, go out and find someone new at that uh, quarterback position. So um, I think you'll see Fitzmagic throughout the rest of the season. I, I, it makes sense to me uh, how he's laying it out. And uh, so maybe that could take away some of your fears of him going out and having a stinker and then putting Winston back in. Yeah. Um, it seemed like sound reasoning. And uh, I did read one thing saying that maybe Winston would come back, but now I'm starting to think, yeah, it would just be fits for the rest of the season. So I, I think I even dropped Winston. I was, I was holding on to him and I'm just like, well, that reasoning's too good, and uh, I just don't. I'm not willing to sort of hold out for something that might not happen, and so I bailed on him. For sure. So then, OJ Howard is actually a really good tight end to own, and Deshaun Jackson is worth owning. Uh, Mike Evans is still worth owning too. I it just he's just had a couple bad weeks. I think really good defense two weeks ago, and then last week uh, that whole team just couldn't get anything going. So um, I think I think basically his weapons are are usable. 
Um, yeah. Stay away from the running backs in, in Tampa Bay. Steelers, Jaguars. Godwin. I was going to say Godwin is a good play as well, but he did have an injured foot, so keep an eye on that. For sure. Steelers, Jags. Steelers, Jags. So, Dan, I'm in an eliminator pool, and uh, we played a little differently. We we allow three strikes, and uh, you think that would be a guaranteed all the way to the end of the season, but over the last three years, we usually are all gone by, like, week seven or something. It's, it's been ridiculous, like, with three strikes. Anyway, I'm still in it this year, doing really solidly, and Pittsburgh, uh, on paper, has the biggest spread and probably should be the team I pick. But, man, does Roethlisberger just sort of, like, shit the bed, you know, and, like, situations like this where, like, everybody's, like, praising the Steelers and then they're, like, on the road against a team they should probably beat. So <laughs> this is just purely my gut feeling, Dan. I think you should stay away from most of the Steelers in this game. I know that's crazy. Um, I think in the end, you're probably playing all of the ones that you have uh, just because, like, you wouldn't have another option. But maybe in daily fantasy, stay away because I feel like this is a game where the Jaguars are going to win. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, I Actually, okay, I agree with you to a point. The Jags, the Jags and the Steelers play each other really, uh, really tough. Uh, and you, you could see that last year in the playoffs where the Jags actually beat the Steelers in the, the, the second round of the playoffs. So I could see... I can see they put up a good game, but the thing is, the Jaguars' defense isn't there. Uh, they're not playing anywhere near what they need to be playing. I think um, one of the biggest things with the Jags is it, that a lot of the podcasts and people are talking about is just that they're on this uh, hangover of we thought we were so great and now we're not that great, um, and now we're seeing that we're not as great as we thought we were, and they just they're they're down. I think they're down on their coach and they're down on their team. Um, I think on one of the podcasts they actually talked about. Um, how two years ago, like last year, they they made they wanted to bring toughness in. Coughlin uh, wanted to bring Tom Coughlin, Tom Coughlin, whatever his name is, Coughlin, Coughlin, whatever it is. Anyways, wanted to bring some toughness to the Jags, and they they had really uh, two a day practices. They they brought in the the New England Patriots to be the team they play against in the preseason, and, and they practice against. They wanted toughness, and then this year they just wanted to keep the team as it was. I think that's almost a direct quote from um, the GM Street podcast. Um, and so it seems like he's kind of they've lost some of that toughness, and they've lost some of that uh, some of that experience, and uh, and that's maybe why the defense isn't quite what they are. And then their offense, the way their offense plays. You need a good defense, and they don't have it. So, I, I honestly, Derek, I, I can't 100% back you. I hear what you're saying. This is probably a trap game, uh, but I would still probably feel comp- uh, confident playing like uh, Brown and Juju and Connor because I do think there will be points put on the board. Um, maybe it's only 21 points, but uh, I still think they, they win the game. You're probably right, Dan. I'm just saying I have a weird feeling. I, it's, I don't know. There's something up. There's something up. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, Texas Redskins. Uh, Texan Redskins. So first of all, I think this is gonna be this is actually gonna be a good game. I feel like uh, I think so too. I think I'll probably watch this game because I like the Texans. I like how they've been playing. They're on a six game winning streak that they probably don't deserve, and uh, <laughs> they're playing the Redskins team that um, may be good. Like they might be, they might be all right. Um, <laughs> it's hard to say though, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they both both seem like pretenders. To I feel like the Texans are a team that's won a lot of games they shouldn't, but are getting better. Whereas, like, Washington's a team that, like, won a lot of games that they shouldn't, but it's only because they're playing old-school football, you know what I mean? And I don't think that's going to change. There's been a lot of injuries to Washington, so I think the Texans end up winning this game. But uh, with that said, I don't know, I'm just interested to sort of see how these teams are. I haven't watched a lot of their games, and, uh, and you know, it should be close at least. I think I've watched only one Redskins game, and it was against the Saints, and they just looked absolutely atrocious in that game. Uh, for the Texans, I've watched a couple of the games uh, because I own Hopkins and uh, I have Kiki Cootie, uh, who's actually supposed to be coming back this week. Um, so I've watched a few of the Texans games. Um, I think I like the Texans. I think they're uh, a really good, uh, strong defense. Uh, I've always really liked Tyron Matthew and Matthews, and I feel like he's playing um, really, really good football right now. Um, and then you have uh, Clowney and JJ Watt, who also seem to be playing pretty good. I think Clowney's still playing. I, he might have—he was injured a few weeks ago. I don't, I'm not sure if he's back yet. But I really do like that defense on the Texans. And then um, Deshaun Watson, when he gets going, man, he gets going. Uh, it is a shame we don't have Fuller anymore. But Demarius Thomas is there. They maybe stretch the field a bit. 
and I, uh, and like I said, Kiki Cootie and he, man, how do you argue against uh, DeAndre Hopkins? Like the guy has literally caught the ball between his legs, like up. They call it the taint catch. I think they were calling it for a little while there. So um, I like the Texas team. I think Texas win this game, um, but I do think it'll be a good one. For sure, I do want to point point out. Everybody was talking about him two weeks ago. Uh, Maurice Harris uh, seems to be like the number one wide receiver on the Redskins. Even last week with Josh uh, Dotson getting the touchdown, um, he had Maurice Harris had the top of the target share, and uh, I still think he's a play. And uh, his schedule is not too horrible going forward. Now that might get mixed up if Crowder comes back, but. It looks like Crowder's injury could go even longer. I, he, I know he was getting a, another MRI this week uh, on his ankle to see if it's healing up properly. So as long as Crowder's out, uh, Maurice Harris is still a pickup and uh, definitely a guy to keep an eye on. He might be that guy who, you know, like breaks out at the end of the season and then everybody's like, oh, fuck, I should have picked him up. Uh, for sure, man. I think, yeah, we were on top of him. Uh, had a big game, uh, week nine, 12 targets. Looks good. Um, <clears throat> okay, let's move on to the Panthers and the Lions. Oh, sorry, the Titans-Colts. So Titans-Colts. Uh, Colts have been like on fire this year, Dan. And so I want to point out another misstep that I did uh, this year because, you know, <laughs> nothing instills a fan base in like fantasy knowledge that you have by all the mistakes that you make. So, Dan, I trade Patrick Mahomes early on, right? Right, and totally remember this. Horrific, horrible idea. Right, but the reason I did is like, well, I have Andrew Luck, and he's gonna come on. So Andrew Luck has two more bad games. I drop him. Now, Dan, on most lists right now, the top quarterbacks to have going forward are Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Luck. So I basically got rid of like the two best QBs in fantasy. Now, obviously, Cam Newton's up there too, but I'm basically saying like these two two guys are top five. Mahomes obviously number one, and Dan, I just I just. Don't know what I'm doing when it comes to QBs. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, I grabbed Matt Ryan, and he's been doing pretty well for me. Um, but yeah, I totally hear you. Um, I, I I always questioned that that uh, Mahomes trade only because you you were so high on Landry, and I didn't think that Landry was going to be quite what you expected. And why wouldn't you want that advantage at the quarterback position of just having the, the QB one? I think that's one thing that I'm kind of um, coming around to on this season, like being retrospective on my draft, is um, maybe those onesie positions that I stream, like having an advantage in those spots might be worth it because I still feel like I'm able to uh, waiver wire and trade for my other positions. Like this year I was able to trade to get Devontae Freeman and Joe Mixon. And now obviously maybe those two guys aren't, panning out quite as well as I thought when I made the trade. Um, but like you, you are able to make those moves to build those positions as long as you still have depth uh, to trade away. Like Those later rounds when other guys are, are getting those guys, maybe you can build it up. I don't know if I'm, I'm 100% buying it, but I, I kind of have this thing in the back of my head where maybe it's worth the advantage at, the, at those other positions uh, over other people, especially in leagues with a lot of savvy players who are, are also – um, avoiding those onesie positions, right? Anyways, it's been something that I've been thinking about lately, um, just being retrospective on on my leagues because I don't think either of my teams are very good, even though I think I'm I, I'm an outside shot to make the playoffs in one and then the other one I'm completely out of. Um, I just, being retrospective, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, obviously, I made a big mistake on Mahomes, so I understand that. I think I was just banking on the fact that it couldn't keep going. And obviously that wasn't the case, right? I'm like, well, I say it could be a historic season or not. You know what I mean? And at that point, it would be good. Uh, when you say about the QB stuff, I guess the problem there is just that, like, do you do you ever truly know who the top QBs of a season are going to be? Like, like three years ago, right. Matt Ryan was number one. And then the next year, not much changed. But then, like, he was he was kind of a bust last year. And then, you know, we all knew he was going to go back to the maybe, meme. But I'm just maybe, saying, like, Maybe it's, it's not quite tough. the quarterback. Maybe it's the tight end position like i think maybe if i so i waited till about the ninth round i think i picked up uh, i think it was ninth round ninth or eighth round and i got kyle rudolph and like kyle rudolph's great but there there was other guys uh i was kind of high on trey burton uh, going into like maybe i could have grabbed him i know he had a slow start but he's had some big games um but like next year there's gonna be guys george kittle's gonna be there travis kelsey's gonna be there i think those are probably your top two tight ends 
Um, I can't really think of any other tight ends that have been really great this well, season. Ertz, Ertz think, is like on fire for targets. Oh, and catches Ertz, this year. Ertz, yeah. So those, so it'd we probably be Ertz, Kelsey, and, uh, and Kittle. Um, I think those are the guys that maybe maybe you reach for them. Maybe you grab them in the fourth or fi- uh, third or fourth rounds when when they're available. I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of Derek. I'm being retrospective. I'm just looking at it and trying to try to pick my 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 spots for next year. Um, Anyways, I, we, we were off the rails again, and, and I apologize. Uh, Colts and Titans. This is obviously a Marlon Mack game. Uh, Marlon Mack is going to go fucking off in this game. Uh, it's clear. Uh, also, a lot of people <laughs> are probably going crazy for Eric Ebron. Uh, Eric Ebron's not the guy to own. You want Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle's running more routes. It was just a. It was a. It was an off game last week, and I, I swear it. I think Jack Doyle's still the guy you want in uh, in Indy at the tight end position. Uh, I was going to bring up Football Guy's snap counts. Let's check out Marlon Mack's snap count last week. So he had 60% of the snaps. Naeem Hines at 36. Wilkins at nine, uh, 9%. 60% is not great, Dan, for Marlon 60% Mack. 60% is not bad either. Come on. Dan, it's all right, but just, he's not like – that's not RB1 percentage. That's the thing. Derek, he also only practiced on Friday last week. This week he's gotten yeah, two you're practices. You're saying that's what he does. You said that was his <laughs> Listen, I'm backing off a bit on that's what he does. He's obviously a little banged up. (laughs) Anyways, he's practiced on Thursday this week and Friday. That's two practices that at least deserves a couple more uh, more reps at uh, (laughs) a couple more snaps in the game. I'm not worried, Derek. I'm not worried. The guy's going crazy. That's a that's a really good offense to have a uh, uh, the running back in. Derek, I brought up last week Frank Gore, man. Frank Gore exists, and he exists because of the, this Indianapolis offense. And, and uh, every year, there's there's yards to be had here. Um, Derek, another person a lot of uh, podcasts are talking about this week was on uh, the Titans, Corey Davis. Corey Davis went off last week against uh, New England. Do you think that can continue, or do you think that was just uh, an example of uh, New England uh, – biting their own hand or spiting their own face or whatever you want to call it because they were stopping the run, making uh, Marcus Mario to beat him uh, over the, like by throwing the ball. And then he did. Um, I think he can keep up. Uh, I think so essentially. So Corey Davis has been like, like top, I want to say top five in target share on his team in the league. It's like, it's been very elite. Uh, even if I go through the targets here, um, teeny bit of variance, but it's like 13, 7, 4, 15, 6, 4, 7, and then the last two weeks, 10 and 10. And uh, um, and a couple of those games were like really, really uh, tight defensive games where Mariota wasn't actually making a lot of uh, pass attempts. And the thing is, like, he is, he's good, and he's getting, like, he's getting the targets. Uh, he could be really good going forward. And I always, I think we mentioned him a million times. We're always saying, well, he, you know, He's still a target to get. He's still a target to get. The thing that's holding him back is Mariota. And if we're thinking that Mariota is fixed or at least playing better in the season, then yeah, for sure. I think he's truly a wide receiver one going forward. Exciting. Uh, I like Deion Lewis still on on the Titans team. I think he's good. And then obviously the Colts, you're going to play T.Y. Hilton. Derek, we have to go to lightning round. We've uh, ate up a lot of times off the rails. So we're going to go hammer through these next few as quick as possible. Just name the guys you like. So Panthers, Lions, uh, Lions, Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones is a play. Kenny Galladay should go crazy here. It's going to be his coming out game. I still like Carry On Johnson. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Theo Riddick is a great PPR play. Uh, he's getting a lot of targets since uh, the trade of Golden Tate. Um, I like Moore on the Panthers this week. He was actually getting the exact same targets and the same snap share or uh, snap percentage as Devin Funches. And so I think uh, he he's like sort of a sneaky play this week. And uh, I like Curtis Samuel in return leagues. Uh, now he's only playing uh, 36% of the snaps. But with that said, he was getting the same, like just slightly less targets. So when he's in there, uh, he's getting the ball. And like I said, return leagues because he's also now returning the ball. For sure. Panthers have a good uh, stretch going forward as far as against the passing attack. So Cam Newton was a buy on the 15 Transactions podcast. And then any of the wide receivers that you can get your hands on. Maybe it's not Funches, but maybe it's Samuel or Moore or whatnot. Uh, okay, Broncos Chargers. Um. So, 
I mean, everybody keeps saying Emmanuel Sanders is going to get double-digit uh, targets going forward. Now, that didn't happen the last game, so it, it is sort of just what people are assuming. I, I hope that is the case. I'm praying and hoping because I think my whole season hinges on it, but it's something to keep an eye on. Um, also, Jeff uh, Hoyerman, uh, you know, he was still like one of the top uh, targeted uh, players in the red zone. Uh, he did have 11 targets. If, if he gets like another double-digit target, game he's he's going to be like one of the top tight ends so i know some i think he lingered on some people's waiver wires but he's definitely a a guy that i'd be keeping an eye on yeah human is the guy that i want on the broncos uh philip Lindsay still looks great uh royce the five friedman should be back this week um I don't know if he's worth uh, playing, but he's the least worth roster- rostering. I think he'd be a good handcuff if uh, Lindsey did go down. Uh, the Chargers, Melvin Gordon's going ham every week, man. Melvin Gordon, I think Melvin Gordon was the steal of the first round uh, because you can pick him up probably in section, uh, up to the eighth position in the draft, uh, and uh, no one was really looking at him. So uh, Melvin Gordon looks great, uh, and he, I think he's going to keep going great in this season. Uh, Keenan Allen had a couple a good game last week. Um, and then Phillip Rivers. I think Phillip Rivers will play good against the Broncos. Um, they haven't been too great on defense, um, aside from maybe one one game where they came out and said they had to beat their ass or some shit like that, and they did well. But whatever. Uh, Raiders and Cardinals. Um, so, yeah, so this game, I think the Cardinals are going to win this game, right? Like, just the they Raiders have to. They aren't have trying to win, to win any yeah. games, are they? The Raiders are bad. Like, they're really bad, and I think the Cardinals are halfway decent. Like, the Raiders... Uh, the Cardinals actually made Kansas City um, straighten their collar last week. Like, there's no way the Raiders are going to be able to do anything here. Um, so, the thing that I've been noticing and I haven't been able to pull the trigger on, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, I think he led the team in tart. Oh, well, no, he had one less target than Larry Fitzgerald. He actually has the lo- the farthest uh, depth of target on that team uh, over, well, last week. And I feel like uh, with that offensive change, it's something to keep an eye on. I really, did, I just have this weird feeling. Um, I can't, I can't pick him up, but I really feel like Nick, uh, Ricky Seals Jones is going to be like one of the like uh, top end uh, tight ends going forward, just because of the way this offense has sort of changed. And if he keeps getting this kind of targets, uh, he's, you know, he's going to put up fantasy points. And in in the way tight ends have been going uh, this year, it's easy to consider him like a top twelve uh, tight end going forward. Yeah, just behind my boy Hooper for sure. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones was actually a buy on uh, the uh, late round podcast and the 15 transactions uh, because of all the things you just said. So for sure, Ricky Seals Jones looked good. Um, I don't see him on the Raiders. I want to start. Um, maybe, maybe Doug Martin. Maybe um, let's move on. Eagles and Saints. Um, I you know I'm a little worried about the Eagles here. Uh, just because of sort of like wh- how they've looked uh, or like just not being able to like win games and, and how that might affect them. I did want to say, um, if I can just bring them up here, I wanted to say like Zach Ertz was getting all the love and like that, that brought down uh, Jeffrey's uh, targets and then obviously the Golden Tate, they had a bye week and they didn't even really even play Golden Tate last week. So that was really strange and I just don't know what to think about this team. For sure. Biggest news here is Josh Adams is getting more targets, uh, more carries at the running back position. And it was a pretty clear consensus across everything I listened to this past week that Josh Adams was the best uh, running back in that backfield. So uh, he is probably picked up by now in your leagues. But if he's not, uh, go grab him. Uh, For the Saints, man, start everyone. Uh, I'm pretty sure on GM Street, Lombardi this week said that if the Eagles defense plays more than 28 minutes, the Saints are going to have 700 yards of offense. So um, if you want to call Mike Lombardi a liar, (laughs) go for it. But I'm going to I'm going to say he's probably right on this one. And I'm starting all my Saints. So um, Michael Thomas, Tracon Smith, everyone start them all. Vikings right. Bears. So I think this is a game where like if the Bears start losing. Me too. And uh, because of that, I think Jordan Howard is a sit. And I think maybe uh, the late round podcast talked about this, or I, I know in one podcast I was listening to was saying this as well. And just the idea here is just you know they're going to be behind. 
Howard was already not getting a lot of work, and he's definitely not getting the passing down work as well. And uh, yeah, it just I can't see a scenario where the the Bears are winning this game. Yeah, me either. I think the, I think it's the Vikings um, doing what they want to do. I, I do think the Bears' defense will, will show up here. Obviously, they're good defense, but I do not I do not think they can go toe to toe with the Vikings uh, and that offense. And I do not think Mitch Trubisky is going to play very well here. I think um, it, uh, uh, one big thing that got brought up was. Uh, I think it was the GM Street podcast again. I think it was Lombardi going crazy. Basically, everyone going uh, saying how good Mitch Trubisky or Mitchell Trubisky is, uh, and then he he basically just points out, well, hey, look at the teams they've been playing. It, it hasn't really been a great slate of defenses. Now they're playing a real defense. If Mitch Trubisky comes out here and plays great against the Vikings defense, then then he said, I'll shut up, and you guys are right. Trubisky, give him the MVP trophy. But uh, until he does it against a real team, he doesn't believe it. He said guys are being schemed wide open, and uh, he still misses some passes. So um, I, think, I think here uh, the Vikings play is probably a safe bet uh, against the Bears. Um Having said that, Allen Robinson looked really good last week, and I still think Allen Robinson could probably um, get some points. Uh, and for the Vikings, I'm hoping Adam Thielen bounces back uh, just because I think he's having a historic run this year, and I kind of want to just like, – it would be a shame for him to to have to sit out some games because of injury when he, he he could probably break a crazy some crazy records this year if he just continues on the pace that he's going. So um, just for record's sake, I kind of want Adam Thielen to, to continue playing. Yeah, no, 100%, Dan. Cool. All Actually, right, you know, for fantasy's sake, ahead. I hope he doesn't play, to be honest. But What's <laughs> that? that I said fantasy-wise, I don't want him to play this week because I'm playing against uh, him. But oh, other yeah. than that, historically, oh, yes, that. of course. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I knew that. But I I think for historic reasons for football, I think it's good if he, he can do the play. Uh, yeah, anyways, agreed. Chiefs-Rams. Now, this is a crazy game because this was supposed to happen in Mexico, and then they changed it up, and now it's a home game for the Rams. So um, I'm interested to see how many Chiefs fans travel for this, but um, I, it should be a home game for the Rams. This should be a great game, Derek. I think offensively it has the highest over-under in the last 15 years. I think it's a 64-point over-under or something crazy like that. Um Man, this should be a great game, uh, and it's on Monday night, man. I, I'm very excited for Monday this week. Yeah, 100%. I'm excited as well. Now, I did bet the – I'm the boring guy. I bet the under. <laughs> now, I might regret that, but I just it just seems so high, Dan. It's just like usually when people get really excited about games like this, like that's when it doesn't happen. Uh, with that said, I still think it's going to be a great game, and uh, yeah, you, you got to start all your players. Uh, and. Even I think Josh Reynolds, just because, because if you're like doing the process, like if the highest over under, uh, uh, he's a he would be a solid uh, flex play. Yeah, uh, I agree. Start everyone you have here. Um, there's there's no you cannot make a, a a poor mistake in a game that has a a 64 point um, over under. Like let's be honest, there's going to be points had here. Uh, and if you have uh, Mahomes, like you're probably just laughing right now at people who traded him away earlier in the season. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, there's actually a pinata pick this week on my on my uh, my betting. Oh, sorry. Let's get into the best part of the show, everyone. The part you've been waiting for. The final 10 minutes is where it all happens. It is the... Hit it. It's the better the week. The better the week. Motherfucking better the week. Did I say it was the better the week? Better the week, everyone. Uh, always the hottest action happens here on the better the week portion of the show. Uh, we this is this is this is all I would listen to if, if I was if I was going to things. But I have I have a Chiefs Ram total point pinata pick where I can just click on this. I get a random total and I win fifty-one to one. If that's how many points are scored, so I they give me a random point total and I could win fifty-one to one. That's amazing. Oh, you I'm gotta gonna, put money on that. I'm not that's gonna, just fun. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> what if they give me like a, a stupid point total, like eight? Like, <laughs> yeah, but imagine if you put a 
Oh my goodness. You're saying to me, I put a cool grand on this. I'll get 51 cool grands back? <laughs> so many cool grands. <laughs> That's like pot odds, man. I should be doing this. Um, um, Derek, I am going to pick uh, a bet of the week purely because of... Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but our boy, Philip Rivers, uh, is really good when he's getting pressured. You could say that he's good. Under pressure. (laughs) (laughs) You thought we forgot, but we did not forget. (laughs) We saved it for the best part of the show. (laughs) The Chargers are playing Denver Broncos. Uh, you can bet your damn ass Von Miller's going to be bringing that pressure. But <laughs> Philip Rivers, he's cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> Under pressure. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think I killed I almost you. just blacked out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, <clears throat> so good. Uh, and he's going <laughs> to go really good in this game. Uh, they're uh, seven-point underdogs, but I think the Chargers are going to beat them by like 20 points. Uh, my bet of the week is this week is the Los Angeles Chargers. They're going to win, and I'm even going to take the points. So I think they're going to beat them by more than seven. Yeah, no, I, I like that bet, Dan. Um, yeah, no, I've been, I've been looking at it. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my money where my, uh, my gut is. And I think I'm going to get Jacksonville uh, plus five. I think that's me. That's going to be my bet of the week. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Okay, that's cool. Go for it, dude. <laughs> I think if, you, if that's what you if that's what you're feeling, like get the go get that money. But I, you should bet the <laughs> bet the money. Go line, get your man. money. <laughs> so Dan, real quick, just before we go, I was going over um, my a lot of my preseason bets. And I'm not going to wallow. You know, nobody wants to hear other people's bets. But I do want to point out a couple of exciting ones that I have going on. And uh, I'll just see how you think. So my, my most favorite bet that I have going on, not counting the $140 I've officially lost betting because I thought Sam Darnold was going to be good. But we'll just ignore that. Um, <laughs> comeback player of the year, Andrew Luck. I bet $27, Dan. And he currently the favorite. I, I will win $162. So I'm pretty excited about that one. I think it might be a lock. We'll see. I know J.J. Watt has a chance to win it as well. But if Andrew Luck can just keep it up, he doesn't even need to make it to the playoffs. He just has to keep throwing those touchdowns, and I think I'm going to win that one. And then uh, uh, there's two other uh, sections that I'm kind of excited about. We'll see what, how you feel. Uh, for rookie, rookie of the Year, um, I, I put $10 on Baker Mayfield to win 120 And I also put $5 just two weeks ago on Philip Lindsay. Uh, and that would win $132. Um, the favorite right now is Barkley, but just like last year, like I have this weird feeling that maybe like Lindsay could do something in the rest of the season and then maybe sneak away and steal it from him. Any thoughts on that? I think Baker Mayfield is the, is the pick. I think if, if the Browns win, uh, let's say, four more games of their final uh, – we're at week 11, so final six – so four, of the, uh, they're going to win four, of the final six. Let's say they win three more games, and he plays really well. I think he could win it, Derek. That guy, yeah. he wakes up and feels dangerous sometimes. And <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, like uh, you can't even write that. Like maybe he no, wrote it. Can't. I don't know. But I, I love it. I love it. Uh, I think he could probably win it. I think is that team. Plays well. He doesn't have to make the playoffs, obviously. He doesn't have to do anything. He just got to play really well. And if they they can walk away from the season and everyone can see, hey, this team is going to be a contender next year, I think he could probably win that rookie of the, uh, of the year. Um, yeah, uh, he is, he is like – You uh, know what I'm excited for there? Bruce Arians needs to coach that team next year, and they will be in the fucking playoffs. Like, Yeah, like, I don't think he's going to. I think that was a lot of hype for nothing. He was – I think he was – I feel like he was hyping up somebody else, or at least I was reading a little bit that he was technically implying that uh, like one of his protégés should be the guy. I actually, to be completely honest, I think the guy that's going into the Browns right now, who's the offensive coordinator, um, I think he's a protégé of uh, Arians, and so in a in a weird way, he was saying, "No, I would like to go on the Browns," and it was 
it was like what he was saying was taken out of context, essentially. So don't get your hopes up too much. Like he retired for a reason. Um, I did want to say that Baker is the second favorite right now. Uh, you wouldn't get much money if you bet on him. I think it's like two to one. Uh, and then one last one I wanted to mention to you, Dan. Um, so MVP race. I uh, got a couple really good bets going on here, even though I don't have the favorite guy right now. Um, I ha- Well, I guess I do have the favorite guy, but uh, I got uh, Todd Gurley, $4 to win $104. I have Philip Rivers, who, you know, a little off the radar here, but $4 to win $104. And I also have the guy that screwed me in fantasy, Patrick Mahomes. $5 bet to win $128. Right now, he's the favorite. But you know who's going to fuck me, Dan? Drew the guy Brees. who's never won an MVP before in his career. Drew Brees. Drew yeah. motherfucking Brees. And yeah. that's going to wipe out all those bets, I think. Yeah, Drew Brees is going to win it, man. There's no way he doesn't win it. Yeah, yeah. Like, how does he not win it, right? He like, does, even he, if he Mah- wins like, it. Like, Mahomes would have to win out and yeah. then maybe break some touchdown record. That's the only you, way, you, right? You have to figure that the guys who pick that are going to say, well... Uh, Mahomes will have more years. It's his rookie year, or so is his is it basically, basically his rookie yeah. year? Right? He didn't play last year at all. Uh, Drew Brees doesn't have many left. I think Drew Brees wins it hands down. Um, yeah, and, and like they're playing like that, Derek. Uh, that was one thing that um, the Guest Alliance podcast with Bill Simmons was pointing out is like they're they're not taking the foot off the pedal. Uh, they're basically laying out a resume for why this guy should be the MVP. They put up fifty one points last week, like. And if you look at their their last uh, six game, they're on a seven uh, six six game winning streak right now. If you look at the point totals in each one of those games, they're putting up plus thirty five points in almost every game. There's one game I think it was twenty four to uh, twenty seven to twenty four. Like uh, this guy, he, he's playing out of his mind. Uh, and I I don't think there's a way that Drew Brees isn't the guy who wins MVP this year. Um, it would have to take it would have to take him getting injured and. And no one wants to, for football's sake, no one wants that to happen. Yeah, Dan, uh, you're probably right. Um, I, I think they'll probably be right now because because Breeze isn't the favorite right now. Uh, there might be a way to hedge down the line, and so I might consider that. Uh, I won't hedge now though, just because you never know if they're like this third guy comes out of nowhere who I have no money on, and then it gets really dicey, right? Like if somebody like all of a sudden. Like uh, Roethlisberger starts playing on fire, or you know, I just so I can't hedge yet. But I could see a scenario where like we're getting closer to the end of the season, or the end of the season's here, and like Mahomes is like, you know, Breeze is the favorite, but Mahomes is slightly back, and then I can do a little hedge there, and then make a little money that way. So when the pressure's on, because you'll be good under pressure. Oh, you've <laughs> under pressure. Okay. Um, all right. I think that's where we're going to wrap it up. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening and sticking with the podcast. We hope you're winning your fantasy football season. If you want to email us, uh, you do so at interceptionpodcast at, G- no, interceptionpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, like we say every week, we don't have the password, so we will not answer you. And uh, at Interception Pod, you can see who we're following for our news, notes, and tidbits on the old Twitter sphere. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. And enjoy that Monday night uh, showdown. It will be a good one. You got anything for me? Under pressure. <laughs> Love it. Uh, have a nice episode. <laughs>